podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome back to brand new podcast on the Anfield Talk. I'm your host Ben and today I am joined by Jamie once again. How are you mate? I'm great, I'm great. Obviously very anxious ahead of the weekend but at the minute I'm okay. Yeah, you and me both mate and we'll touch on that a bit later on and I'm also joined once again by Dylan. It's been a while mate, how are you doing? Yeah, it's been a while, it's great to be back. Great time to be a Liverpool fan, We've got a very... Very crucial week for the uh, this team, so I hope it goes well. Absolutely, it's literally make or break season, and um, we're going to cover three main topics in this podcast. We're going to start off with Benfica, just touch on that, uh, give our thoughts on how the game went, and if we are in the semi-final, which you know I've got an opinion on that, but uh, I keep it to myself for a minute. Um, transfer news: obviously, we've agreed to sign a player, which is probably going to be quite a big portion of this podcast. And then we're going to do a little preview for Manchester City. So make sure you stick around, grab a tea, you know, grab a biscuit. I don't know what what your you, what your fancy is, but just enjoy it. Hour, yeah, you. it's going to be it's going to be a good conversation. Um, but Jamie, coming to you first. Just checking you can hear me, okay? Yeah, I can hear you. Pal. Great, absolutely fantastic. <laughs> we did a test run, and Jamie was having some problems. So, so. Um, Jamie, I'm going to come to you then. Uh, what are your thoughts on on Benfica? You know the team news, that exciting midfield that was, um, you know, it's kind of like a mythical thing, wasn't it? Like Naby, Thiago, Fabinho. It's something that Liverpool fans have spoken about for so long, but we never seen it. We actually saw it. So, what did you make on that? And pretty much the rest of the team. Yeah, I was super excited, as I think everyone was. As well, especially the the people on Twitter was very excited to see the midfield. It it, it brought a lot. I. I it was very interesting to see what Naby and Thiago could do together in particular. They're, they're both very exciting footballers to watch, very enjoyable to watch. It's so easy to to see them play. So I was very happy with the team. It's good that we've seen it now and we've seen it how, we, how we flow. It's definitely attacking. At times it felt like it was like a 4-1-5 and it was just Fabinho sitting in there with Naby and Thiago pushing on. But it was really good to see. I think it flowed well. The first half, I, I, I said to you, Ben, I went and watched it back because I thought it was absolutely excellent. Second mm. half entailed a bit. It was a little bit strange, a bit sloppy at times, but we got the job done. Uh, and the team, I was very happy with. I thought everyone pulled their weight, except from, not to single him out, but Salah was a little bit under par, but obviously he's had, he's had so many minutes in them legs. Um, it, it, I, I expect that, to be honest. I'm sure he'll be back. Sunday because it's a massive game and that he's a massive game player but Diaz in particular superb Naby Keita absolutely fantastic the the, the defense apart from one mistake was that was immaculate so I, I was really excited to see the team and I think he performed really well absolutely everyone you know that knows me you know me well enough Jamie knows how much I adore Naby and he's literally one of my favourite players I just don't know why there's just something about that that player which which I love um, I think he's incredible and I feel like people's judgement has been clouded by his injuries which I've always said is fair enough if you don't rate Naby Keita because he's injured a lot that's a fair fair conversation to have but when people say he's bad at football and he's not a good that's when it's like do you watch football <laughs> but yeah Dylan coming to you mate um was you in that same boat that was excited or because there was a lot of like 
okay, this is good on paper, but is this actually going to win a football match because maybe they're too similar or maybe there's not that balance? What What was your opinion on that midfield and, yeah, the rest of the side? I don't know about you guys, but the moment that Thiago signed for the club, what I was most excited for was that Thiago and Keita link up. But the way, uh, due to the injury crisis last year and Keita's injury going on into this season, you can see that Klopp's been using them two as like shielding each other. So Thiago would help out Keita when Thiago's injured, uh, when Keita's injured, and then Keita will help Thiago when uh, Thiago's injured. But uh, that game was very reminiscent. I don't know if you guys remember when we started Ox, Keita and Fabinho versus Genk, and mm. our fans went crazy and we, we dominated that match. Uh, that midfield was just amazing. It was just, it was so great seeing uh, Keita, Thiago, and Fabinho in that midfield, and they 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 showed that it's just not on paper. They are in, they are incredible when it comes to the game as well, not just offensively but defensively as well. I do think that Keita is our most uh, underrated player when it comes to off the ball and uh, defending. He's improved so much since that Atletico game, which he did get a lot of criticism for. Yeah, a hundred percent. And you know, we were just talking before. We we recorded that. I think with Naby, a lot of people uh, still say he's a liability, don't they, in the defence? And I think this season we've seen a different side of Naby that we might not have seen before. Um, he's proven his all-round game and, you know, he can read the game really well off the ball as well as on the ball. Um, you know, he showed everything and he's been doing this for me. Not I'm not saying he's never had a bad game, but most games this season when he's played, I've seen it. The, the both sides of his game and that's what this team needs people that can do pretty much everything and I always go back to this game but the Brighton game the 2-2 when Naby was on the pitch we were cruising at 2-0 when Naby went off we collapsed both defensively and going forward so that's the main game for me where I would highlight as how important Naby can be especially when Fabinho is not there and maybe the midfield shifted around a bit like it was on that day but um yeah I think you know he's had so much unnecessary criticism but maybe I'm biased because he like I say he's one of my favorite players I don't know but um it's good to hear other people's opinions and you know that a lot of Liverpool fans are now kind of not accepting him because I think you know, it's wrong to kind of just start to accept someone in like the third or fourth year, but people that were slandering him before, all of a sudden now um, giving him praise, which is it's good to see. But then on the other hand, it's like, why did it take you this long? I don't get it. But it is what it is. We're, we're, we're here now, so it's fine. Um, but yeah, for me, uh, the, the changing point in that game, like we were so comfortable and it, you know, he's 22, so I'm not going to criticise him too much, but the Canate mistake, um, the the two goals before that, which in fact we'll just briefly talk about those. So, um, the the first goal, uh, which one was it again? It was the um, was it Mane first goal? Canate was the first one. Canate, that was it. Yeah, the corner. Um, not really much to say about that one. Was it's just a great corner. Bullet had a not not so much a good knee slide from Fabinho, was it, Jamie? <laughs> no it wasn't it was definitely one to forget for him but I actually really liked to see Canate score because I think for such a big presence that's what we should be seeing from him yeah. in the attacking area sometimes we know it can be frustrating because our corners struggle beating the first man but if you look at the stats you know we're, we're again this season up there with the top the, the top um scorers from set pieces which is still incredible so if you think Van Dijk scored, scored a few this season I want to see Canate uh, get up there and do some more of that so it was good to see it was a great it was a great delivery it was right on his 
right on 50 pence and a good finish. But the knee side, yeah, we, we, we move on. We don't talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dylan, how important do you think it is for a player like getting their first goal for the club? Because I went crazy when he scored, I'm not going to lie. Um, and I just think now he's got that goal. Like Jamie says, maybe we're going to see some more Canati headers from corners. I think he's quickly becoming one of my favourite Liverpool players this season. Um, he's been fought, like by that mistake, he was faultless, and um, I was I was so happy for him to be honest. It's always nice seeing a Liverpool player score their fir- their first goal, and this was a huge goal as well for him in a Champions League semi final. You can say you're like the first goal scorer in it for Liverpool. Amazing. Yeah, uh, it was quarter final. I think you said did you say semi? <laughs> Did I say semi? Oh, shit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> finals then. Hopefully no, in the semi good. too, okay? Can I take Yeah, this? yeah, no, you're already thinking a step ahead. I like it. Um, yeah, the second goal for me was my favourite. Um, and I went on the on the, uh, the football terrace after the, the, the game and I made a big statement which was actually clipped and put onto their Twitter. And basically what I said was, Trent Alexander-Arnold is like the right back debate is finished he's completed it like don't want to hear anything about that anymore there's no Reese James there's no anyone else no Cancelo's it's respectful thinking yeah, about it, man. it is Honestly. just insane right and I said we have to now put Trent just up there with any football player as one of the best players in the world the right back conversation is done I don't want to hear that conversation again like it's just ridiculous like you said it's embarrassing it's disrespectful um but for that goal the ball he played to Luis Diaz, which Jamie said when we spoke about this the other day, was, I think it was you, Jamie, wasn't even his best in the game. Or was oh, that no. you? Jamie? Yeah, that was yeah, me. Yeah, it was you. Um, but that ball to Diaz, the intelligence from Diaz to knock it down, and then Mane to stay on side and put it in the back of the net. Jamie, like, how impressed was you with that? Yeah, massively impressed. And, uh, and like I said, he's definitely up there because... People, there's a lazy stereotype that people get looked down because of their positions. For example, Alisson, in 2022, also for me, has to be up there with one of the best players because because of how good he's been. Trent is the exact same. Just because he plays right back doesn't mean he's one of the doesn't mean he's not one of the best because he he massively is. He's completely revolutionised his position. Everyone that everyone seems to go as the modern day full fullback as a Trent Alexander Arnold now. So that's credits to Klopp, but obviously bigger credits to the player who does it. But again, for uh, Tuesday, he was just absolutely phenomenal. And just coming back from well, a fake injury, but a, a, a pretend injury. Well, whatever we call that injury, we can give him more credit now. We can say proper <laughs> injury. Yeah, Trent uh, But he was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> Just the whole goal was was beautiful. Um, but then, Dylan, I, I was just alluding to this before we start talking about the goals. The Canate mistake kind of changed the game, right? And like I said, he's 22. He's a new signing. He's still learning his way. Like, he's still nowhere near his, his peak years. And, you know, he's not going to be for another three, four seasons, uh, which is crazy. But um, these mistakes happen for, for young players and young centre-backs. I'm sure he'll learn from it. And ultimately... We won anyway, 3-1 on the night. But um, after that goal went in, um, Darwin Nunes, it was, like, was you ever worried that the game was kind of slipping away because the the crowd were up for it again? I think the most important thing we did that night was silencing the crowd uh, because they made that so hostile. And once we scored two, they were silent. Then as soon as they scored, they were right back in it. 
and then you saw the players kind of lift lift up a bit. So, was you ever at any point in that game nervous that the game was slipping away, or did you still have full confidence that we were going to come out and win the game? Do you want my nice answer or my honest answer? <laughs> Both. Um, nice answer. Yeah, yeah. They, I, I was quite nervous to be honest. You know, like Nunes, he almost like went past Van Dijk. My honest answer is like I wasn't really nervous to be honest. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I just, um, if this was played in the, at the start of the season, uh, twenty twenty one, like where we were like really not holding on to our leads a lot. Uh, we had Brighton, uh, Man City twice, uh, Brentford, uh, Brentford's, and we were like really uh, bottling our leads. So if that was like say in September, October, when the defence was very shaky and Alisson was quite shaky as well, then I'd say, yeah, I, w- I would be quite nervous. But there's just been something about our defence in 2022, especially with Alisson, uh, Van Dijk and Trent, that trio there. They've just stepped up their game completely. And then I, I can add Matip and Kanate and Robertson even to that. It's just They've all been faultless. So it, just, I just get that sense of... At the start of 2018, I don't know if you guys remember when like we just did not concede at all with Van Dijk, mm. Gomez and Alisson in the back. I get that same sense now. I don't really feel that nervous. No, I'm, I'm with you. Um, it's just kind of thinking like whenever we concede, oh, we'll score again. And it did seem like that we would score again. Um, and just touching on the final goal, the ball from Naby, he won the ball back, went on everyone, played the ball into Diaz, he ran to the keeper. And I think that summed up what was a, a perfect performance from Luis Diaz, a goal, an assist, just being so creative. Like the way he settled into this team is just incredible. Um, and, you know, he looks like he's been here for years, which is crazy seeing as he's only been here for what, four months, not, not even that three months maximum. Um, so it, for me, he's just blown me away of how good he was. I expected him to be good, but I, I didn't expect him to almost be like at the level where you're thinking he's actually almost undroppable now in terms no, of... No, I'd actually say, I say he's three. crucial for that Etienne yeah. to be honest. Right, exactly. Yeah, no, um, I, I think yeah. he saved our season as well, to be honest. Uh, I wouldn't say, like, quality-wise, he's got he's got so much quality, but in the sense that now Klopp has options with the front three, whereas yeah. if you compare it to this time last season, we, had to, we were basically forced to play an out-of-form Mane and Firmino just because Jota was injured. Whereas now we've got five, like on the basis, world class attackers who uh, Klopp has access to and like can change uh, into different combinations, like try and find the best one. I think at the be- at the moment our best is Diaz, Mane, and uh, Salah. But yeah, Diaz has, in my opinion, changed our season and our success that comes at the end of it. Diaz would deserve a lot of flowers. I hundred percent agree. And just to finish on on Benfica, then um, we will touch more on this in detail towards the end. But do you do you think that we can read anything into Mane and Salah only playing sixty and Diaz playing the full ninety? Like, do you think that means Mane's gonna? Because you you have said and I agree um, that Diaz has to play against City, or do you think it's going to be Mane and Diaz or what? Because I can't help but think those subs. Mane and Salah both coming off on 60 were planned beforehand because none of them looked upset, none of them looked angry to be coming off at that time. They both just jogged off the pitch and were done with it. So, Dylan, do you think they're thinking about City or do you think, I don't know, is is Mane not going to play even though he only had 60? What do you think? To be honest, I always thought, uh, going into that Benfica game, that they had one eye on Manchester City on Sunday and then one eye on the match. Uh, 
Mane and Salah, I feel like they've got to start and uh, Diaz as well on the left wing. Uh, Mane has been really good uh, in that false nine role. Uh, so he'll he'll be he'll be great on Sunday. I think starting, I wouldn't be too unhappy if it was Mane over Firmino or Jota. And um, with with Diaz as well, I would love him. I'd love him to start on Sunday. It all sort of depends. All depends on Klopp really. No matter what happens with the front three, I always tr- uh, trust what Klopp has done. Hundred percent, I agree with you. Um, we're just gonna quickly move on. Um, to some of the brilliant news that came out yesterday. So I can't even remember what I was doing. In fact, I do remember what I was doing. I was getting my ticket for Wembley. I was waiting with my laptop um, in the queues, being very anxious about it. And then the news just broke. Fabio Carvalho to Liverpool from the the man himself, Fabrizio Romano. Um, I'll just read out what he said. Fabio Carvalho to Liverpool, done deal. And here we go. Medical already completed with Fulham's permission. Five million pounds plus two point seven million add-ons, sell-on clauses included, and contracted until twenty twenty-seven. And if you think, okay, Fabrizio Romano, not sure what I think of his uh, reliability. Well, the main man Paul Joyce has also written an article for the Times saying that Liverpool will formally sign Fulham youngster Fabio Carvalho next month after agreeing a deal worth seven point seven million. Um, so, Jamie, I'm going to come to you first on this one because we we do a lot of spaces or we did do a lot of spaces and um, deadline day, it looked like we were getting Diaz and it looked like we were getting Fabio Carvalho at one point and we both shared the disappointment um, the next day. Um, you came on my channel and, you know, we were talking about how, okay, we haven't got Fabio Carvalho now, but we are still very confident that he's going to be a Liverpool player next season. So, I just want to get your overall feelings on this transfer and are you excited about this? Do you think this is good business from Liverpool? Tell me where you're at regarding this, uh, what looks to be a, a really good youth player coming in. Oh, I'm very excited about this one. Uh, obviously, he's young, he's exciting, played Premier League football uh, for a bit before Fulham went down at such a young age. Was he 17 when he made his debut in the yeah. Premier League? That shows something. Uh, but the, the, what excites me the most about this transfer is Liverpool's interest. We must have desperately wanted this kid for the negotiation to fall through and then we go and wrap him up even before the summer's done. I, I'm telling you, we, we must have been desperate to sign him. It, it's a great spot. It's another great spot. I think people could look back at this on years to come and think, you know, 5.7 million or something for, for his tribunal will be a, a great signing. It's like a million a season for his contract that, that, that we've paid for him. So it's super business. He looks very exciting from, I, I, I can't say I've watched every Fulham game at all, but uh, we've followed, I've followed him a lot closer than I, um, I did before January because I thought he was coming. I, he, he just seems like such a Coutinho type player in the way he plays. He's very low sensitivity, low sense of gravity, uh, small, tricky player, got a good eye for goal from midfield can play false nine, can play calm. Sometimes he's played on the wing. So it's, it's he's got a very exciting future in it. I think it, it could unfold at Liverpool in many different ways. It would be very interesting how he settles in next season with, you know, how many minutes is he going to get? Is he just going to be cup? Are we going to, you know, get him in the first team? Probably not, but we'll see. But I'm super excited. I, I always am with a Liverpool transfer. If you look at our chat record, it, it, in my opinion, it's the best in Europe for our signings. The business that we've done is unbelievable. So I think any Liverpool signing is an exciting one. And I think someone that's aged 18 and 19, 
is even more exciting. Absolutely. And, you know, we we were told that when um, the talks broke down in January that, you know, Liverpool are going to come back in for him. And um, I remember saying on that stream that history has shown us when Klopp wants a player, if it doesn't work out the first time, usually they get him. And the two examples that I used were Naby. Obviously, we had to wait a year. We had to send him back to, to Leipzig. But Klopp was OK with that because he wanted the player. And then Virgil van Dijk, obviously, we got in a bit of bother for talking to Virgil when we probably shouldn't have spoken to Virgil, uh, which meant we had to wait until January. But Klopp was like, you know what? I want this guy. I'm going to wait. I'm going to sign him. And now we've done it again. OK, Fabio Carvalho, we couldn't get him when we wanted him, but we're going to wait and we're going to go back in for him. And now it looks like we have secured him for next season. Uh, Dylan, your thoughts, mate. Have you seen much of Carvalho? Are you excited for this one? Like, is this shrewd business from the club once again? If uh, Klopp, as you just said, when Klopp wants to play, he'll eventually get him. And the fact that he pursued getting Carvalho, not even before the summer window started, you know, makes me even more excited about him joining mm. the club. Uh, I, I'll, I'll be honest, I haven't watched a lot of Carvalho's. I don't really want, I don't really watch Fulham. But uh, my friend who was... <laughs> Can't blame uh, you, mate. I know, yeah. My friend who is a diehard Fulham fan, I was asking him his opinion on Carvalho and he said he's got great movements, good link up, plays uh, his really good ball carrier and has got a good burst of pace. So in my opinion, just by reading that, he reminds me a lot of uh, Coutinho in his first two seasons for the club. I don't know if you guys would agree with me. Mm -hmm. I think Jamie touched on it as well. Yeah, no, uh, from what I've seen, again, I, I haven't watched much Fulham games. And like I said, you can't blame anyone for that. But um, <laughs> I have seen videos and clips. I even made a compilation myself. Um, so I literally went back, found every game that he scored in or assisted in this season. I watched the highlights for those games to get the clips. And in those clips, you do see more than the goals and the assists. You see the chances he creates that don't end up in a goal or an assist. You see the shots he has, which just narrowly widen, etc. So, again, compilations are great. You can see players, you know, goals and assists, but there's more to it. And from what I've seen of him, um, he does look very good. And you can definitely see why we are looking to get him in uh, to join the the young players that we've also signed. You know, the Harvey Elliotts, the Kyde Gordons, the the Scottish lad, is it Ben Doak? Ben Doak? I don't know how to pronounce his name. Um, but yeah, uh, just the, the, the way we're, we're going about business recently with in terms of young players, it seems like we are trying to build something as a club. And, you know, Chelsea has done this so many times, you know, gone around the clubs, signed the best youth players, and then either made them into superstars or sold them on for, for decent money. Um, I'm not saying that's what we're going to do, by the way, but it's just nice to to be in that conversation because I remember when we signed Harvey Elliott, um, I think Man United wanted him, Barcelona wanted him. So many top clubs in Europe wanted Harvey Elliott, which I think people forget, but we got him. Um Obviously, because he's a Liverpool fan, that helps. But also, Klopp, you know, the whole factor of coming into this team, I think is huge. And one of the other big decisive factors are, that I've often touched on is the new training ground. And I think it's it's absolutely massive. And, you know, the, the board will get so much criticism from fans for, for a lot of different reasons. But um, I don't know the ins and outs in terms of the finance and how this was built. Like, some people have different theories. I don't really care. But building that new training ground, for me, is one of the best things that's happened in a long, long time because now we have the facilities to compete with Man Cities and other grounds that other teams that have these crazy um, training grounds. We Maud was amazing. Don't get me wrong. It's historic. Like 
when we grow up, we'll tell kids and our grandkids about Malwood. Like that's where everything happened. You know, the legends that the club club has had in our lifetime, they all played there. But we had to move and we have moved. And I think now that's only going to be a good thing, signing these youth players coming in. You know, and they're now training at the same the same place as the first team before they weren't. They were training somewhere else whilst the first team were at Malwood. Uh, Jamie, do you, how impressed are you by the, the, the way Liverpool have gone about signing these young talents? And hopefully there's going to be more to come, right? Yeah, definitely. Melwood's an exciting place to be, but I think not only incomings, but player retention as well. If you get a bonus in, in your working environment, that you know the employee's going to be happy. It's the exact same with footballers. If you get a new stadium, look at Tottenham, that kind of chat players that you, You've seen in the All or Nothing Tottenham documentary about how excited they were to come and play in the Spurs stadium. I think Bergevin said, said that when he signed. Uh, it's a massive attraction to players. That, that That's where they train. That's where they, they, they play what, five times a week. Um, so it's massive to, to improve it. So I think that is, and I'm not, look, people will have very different opinions on FSG, but I think from recent, they're not doing too bad for for what everyone's saying because Melwood's clearly a great attraction. Their business, you know, in January and, and now with Carvalho is very, is looking very good. The summer will give us a bit more information on, on where people stand as well. Maybe some people will come off the fence on in. Some people probably can't change on out. We'll see. But what they've done with Melwood's fantastic. What they're doing with signings is fantastic. You, you look at Chelsea, look at United. They've got so many city as well. They've got so many good, good youngsters coming through. I don't think we've got enough. You, you look at Chelsea. You've got countless that have come from the Chelsea Academy that are smashing it in the Prem. Connor Gallagher, Gwehi, Hudson Odoi's come up. Reese James came through it. So many names I can't even mention. United have got a Langer. He's just come up. He, he's starting games for them over Rashford at the minute. So that says something. City with Foden. Academies are massive in football. That you, you, they're the free footballers that can become superstars. So it, it's huge. And Carvalho is just another great addition to what we're what we're building in the in the youth. It's all about future. A hundred percent agree. Um, it's crucial that we get these players in, and you know we we start developing players. And I know we're buying them for fees, so it's kind of, it's not the same as bringing them in from Liverpool, but. It's still, you know, you've got to scout these players. You've got to get them in at the right prices. So I'm very impressed. Um, just finishing on Fabio Carvalho then, because I, I do want to move to City. Um, Dylan, there's been a lot of talk on this about uh, Curtis Jones and other players. And as far as I'm concerned, right, I don't understand how Curtis Jones has come into the picture. Maybe I'm missing something. But Curtis Jones, for me, and pretty much for Klopp as well, is a centre mid and he, he occasionally plays on, on the wing that ever so often. Um, but I think people saying that this is the end of Curtis Jones, this is the end of this player, that player. Do you think this signals the end of a player or two players? Or, in fact, not all, but um, if if that is the case, where do you see Carvalho playing for his next season? And do you think he's going to get that many minutes for us? I'm actually going to say that... Uh... Uh, that Carvalho actually plays in Jones's position, so I wouldn't I wouldn't say that uh, Jones is a threat here. It's just that he's threatened that 
in that uh, first position, that left centre mid position that he was playing in quite a lot, is that threat right now in Carvalho, with Carvalho. And in the past, we've seen that can be a good thing. If you look at Shimakas and Robertson, when Shimakas had a good run in, in had a good run in the team, Robertson came straight back in. And since then, I think this has been since December, he's been absolutely faultless. So um, I don't think it's the end for Jones. I just think there's there's just now competition. So he actually has to fight for his um, starting position in the team. And on top of that, I do think that Jones has many things to improve on. His main thing, his main weakness is consistency. He'll either be the, one of the best players on the pitch, uh, Porto, I, I can remember, and or you will be very inconsistent and be one of the worst players on the pitch uh, as of recently, I can remember as well. Um, so I'm looking forward to that next season. And yeah, just um, I'm, I'm excited for uh, Carvalho and Jones next season as well. He'll step up his game as well. I'm, I'm sure of it. Yeah, maybe I've I've not, you know, looked into his positional plays much then in, in detail because I, I thought he was more of a 10 slash forward um i didn't didn't actually know he played center mid so maybe i need to you know look into it more but um yeah jamie any last thoughts on fabio carvalho do you see him coming in playing games maybe in cups and that or do you think he's just gonna maybe stick around and he develops (laughs) off the pitch or what do you see him playing uh, yeah, well, the future of Fabio Carvalho, I don't know because you know that that's up to Klopp. Whatever Klopp does, you know, we know we're in good hands. We know we can trust him with one hundred percent. What I don't understand is, like you said, why why is Curtis Jones being thrown into the mix just because we got an, a, another youngster coming? Uh, people have been crying out for the squad depth of City and uh, and Chelsea. People have been literally crying out for squad depth. This is what we're bringing in now because we're bringing one player in. It doesn't mean three players have to go. It it, it really doesn't. I think the one who leaves in the summer is definitely Chamberlain because of his age. Things aren't working out at the minute with someone who's got the prospect of Curtis Jones that still has so much potential you, you can't sell. You, you, you sell the ones that aren't working out, which for me is Ox. Ox, is, Ox can go for Fabio Carvalho to come in. That's absolutely fine. But you don't always need a direct replacement for someone to go out, for someone to go in. It, in terms of squad numbers, maybe FSG do financially. You don't have to register Carvalho either because he's 19, right? So that's not a number in yeah. the registration. So I don't get it. Yeah, yeah, under 20. He was homegrown, but I think he's chose Portugal. Portugal, now, hasn't he? yeah. But yeah. I think they're trying to get him back in the under 21s. Yeah, hopefully. But yeah, I, I just don't get why Curtis, Curtis or Elliot I've seen on Twitter has been thrown into the mix. It's got nothing to do with <laughs> it's ridiculous. it. Ridiculous. Yeah, it, it really doesn't. But yeah, it's it's an extra player for a great squad and a very exciting player as well. So I think it's a, a great signing. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited by it, to be fair. Um, just seeing these, like, creative players, it, you know, I'm I'm not a GA merchant. That's what I get caught on Football Wars when I, I stick up for Mo Salah and Jota and that. I, I like them both. And I think, obviously, a, a successful team does need both. And, you know, if Klopp can take Fabio Carvalho, you know, at the start, probably giving games in the Cups. Um, I mean, pre-season, to be fair, is going to be very exciting to see how he gets on in the club because I love preseason like especially when we sign new players um you know I get my my membership from um the LFC go 
And then, you know, uh, I sit down in the sun and watch the games and it's given me another reason to keep a close eye on them, especially that Bangkok-Manchester United game. I mean, I don't know what time that's going to be for us, but um, there we go. We'll see what happens. But just finishing off then um, on the podcast today, obviously the elephant in the room, which is just two days away now. Crazy. Um, If you didn't know, if you've been living under a rock, Liverpool play Manchester City this uh, coming Sunday at 4pm, I believe. It could be, I don't know, I, I haven't looked at the kickoff time. It's 4.30. 4.30, that's it. Um, and it's been labelled as the title decider. And Dylan, I want to get your thoughts on that. Is it as simple as that? The winner of this game goes on to win the league? Or do you think that there's going to be some twists and turns along the way? If it was any other Premier League team in history, I'd say this isn't a title decider uh, if they were in the title race because uh, old Premier League era, they'd all like, they'd drop silly points and finish on 80, 80 points overall and get so much praise. With, the, with these two, I'd say this is the title decider because City, if City win, I, I don't see them dropping points. If we draw, I don't see neither team dropping points. Uh, they'll win every single game to the end of the season. And if Liverpool win... I don't think just either way, this is this decides this decides the title. It's in it's in our hands right now. But if we draw or lose it, then it's out of our hands. We have to rely on the likes of um who was who was City playing afterwards? Wolverhampton. Yeah, um, I'm not sure like, who, but what I do know is we've got a harder running up. We've we? got a harder running, but like I I do not want to go through what uh I did what we all did in 18, 2018-19 again, where we had to like sit and watch 90 minutes of City just dominating <laughs> and like, are they going to score? Are they going to score? Oh, they completely okay. scores a screamer at the end. Oh, that was yeah. See, like, that's like the biggest heartbreak. I I don't want to go through that again. Yeah. I don't want to watch. I don't want to watch. I don't want to watch 180 minutes of football week knowing that the title could end or be won here. Um, it, it's in our hands. We have to win this weekend. And in my opinion, I think this season is a complete reversal to the last time we won a title race. It's us that's. Uh, second and challenging and it's them uh, that are in first and have quote-unquote bottled a lead so mm. let's see how it goes I'm so I'm so up for it honestly I can't oh, wait I am so nervous like you can't even explain how important this is and I agree with you I do think you know it is that important and some people are saying maybe we can't afford to draw and you know some people are saying can you would you t- Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. I want nothing but a win on Sunday. And people will be like, yeah. you know, that's crazy. We haven't got a good record at the Etihad. I don't care. If this team wants to win the league, this is a game that they have to go we'll, out there and we'll win. We'll have to win it. Yeah. You you can't win the league by losing or you know dropping points to Man City these days. You can't. I, I know we drew the first game, but I genuinely think now we're in a situation, and this is credit to Klopp and Pep, where these two games in, in the football calendar are crucial. Like, the the other the other seasons gone by the ones we grew up watching with like Arsenal and City and uh, not City Arsenal and Chelsea and United uh, going for titles okay maybe United could afford to to drop points against Chelsea but they'd win the other game so it won't matter but now the the gap is so small between the two clubs you literally have like to beat the opposition the completely exactly like, when when have you ever thought about two teams that will get ninety points at the end of the season. When like before in uh, the Salix Ferguson Wenger Jose Mourinho era, you can get teams that would get up to ninety. One team that would get to ninety. Mm-hmm. 
It's crazy. And Jamie, just coming to to you, mate. I want to hear your thoughts. Um, you know, we were at the the home game, which was, I would say, a great game. But unfortunately, we did drop two points in the last ten minutes, where certain midfielders weren't chasing their men, etc. But um, thoughts, mate? Is this the biggest, like, not biggest, but is this one of Liverpool's most important Premier League fixtures of all time, in your opinion? Yeah. Yeah, one hundred percent. I think it's one of the one of the biggest ever Premier League games. To be honest with you, it's two teams at the peak of their powers, possibly you know the best teams we've we've ever seen in the Premier League. It's got they've got to be up there. The 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 fixtures that we're we're, we're piling on, you know, City are going for the Champions League, the FA Cup, the Prem. We're we're going for all three remaining with already the Carabao Cup in our basket. It, 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 it's just phenomenal. Phenomenal. To be honest, it would be it, it would be great to be a neutral and just watch it. But um, but fortunately, we're actually in the position <laughs> where 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 we can support one of the teams. I think I've got two more days of a good rest in heart day, and then heart rate, and then my heart's going going places. You've uh, not got and, two, mate. You've got one and a bit. Yeah. Well. <laughs> well, up until Sunday, until I wake up. It'll be it'll be okay, and then when I wake up, I think I'll have to go back to bed. But yeah, it honestly, it, it everything is on it. The, for me, the team that wins this game is the is the champions because you can't, you just can't afford to go and beat your title rivals who you've been so close with all season, and then slip up to someone else. I think that is all the confidence you need. It's all the momentum you need is to win this game. Uh, I wouldn't be too angry with a draw. Although I wouldn't take it if you offered it me now. I, I, if we draw and we lose the league by a point, it, it's not the Etihad game that we look back on. It's the Brentfords, it's the Brighton, yeah. it's the City at home, to be honest. Chelsea too, as well. Yeah. Um, so, look, it's very, it's very nerve-wracking. I, I, I don't even know what to say. I've not even been thinking about it all week, to be honest. That it'll come into my head, and that I'll just try it's and just hammer it to now. the back. Yeah, so, it's, yeah, this is the thing. Like before, now we've had like two games between where you're just thinking, like, okay, I'm not thinking about City, I'm thinking about Benfica, or I'm thinking about um, Watford or whatever. But now this game is here. We've got no other game to to put our our focus into. Um, but yeah, I want to hear your guys' predicted lineups. And Dylan, we're going to start with you. Okay, right. Goalkeeper is quite obvious. Allison. Back four, we'll go with the usual Robertson, Van Dijk, Matip and Trent. Midfield, although I want it, uh, it'll be the NFT midfield that we had on uh, Tuesday. I don't think we'll get it. It'll be Thiago, Fabinho and Henderson. Then on the right, Salah. I hope he picks up his form finally and gets a goal here because he really needs it, in my opinion. Uh, Centre forward, false nine, Sadio Mane. I think he's been doing really well there. Although uh, Firmino, I wouldn't mind starting there either. Left wing, he's crucial for this game, Luis Diaz. Yeah, 100%. Um, we did just say this as well, that when we're speaking, I, I'm in the same mind as you, but I'm not sure it's going to happen because I think we can probably read into those subs um, a little bit. I'm not going to lie. I just feel like that was made for a reason. Salah and Mane coming off at exactly the same time. That tells me that it's going to be Mane and Salah, and then it depends who's going to be up front. Um, who did you say? Did you say Firmino? Yeah. Uh, I said I said Mane up front, Lewis uh, Diaz. Oh, okay, so you said both of them. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be against that to be fair. Um, 
I'll do mine. I'm I'm in the camp where in fact I'll start from the goalkeeper. So I'll go Ali, go left to right, Robbo, Verge, Matip, Trent. I think that speaks for itself. I don't think there's too much debate in there. Yeah, no, um Fabinho, Tiago, Hendo. I mean, if it was anyone else, I would say after that Nabi performance in a week, he you know, he should go again. But like I said before, he played 90 minutes, a city away. I think it's a game where you need your captain. Um, it's a game for Jordan Henderson to come in and, and you know take it by by the scruff of its neck. So I definitely think that's going to be the midfield. And then my front three is... Mine would be Diaz, Firmino, Salah, but I think it's going to be Mane, Firmino, Salah. I think he's going to go with the OGs. He's going to run it back. Yeah, I think we're running it's it back. Run um, but then again, if we're running it back, we need Oxford Chamberlain in, don't we? So I don't know. But... Um, <laughs> <laughs> I I just I think he's gonna go child and trusted and then I wouldn't say child and trusted to be fair because he can I know he can trust Diaz already he's that good um, but I just think as well like if it's not going our way God forbid I, who better to bring on than Luis Diaz in the last twenty five minutes so um, yeah I I think that will be the front three money for me no Salah Jamie what is yours my friend. Yeah, back five speaks for itself. Alison Robertson, Matip, Van Dijk, Trent, uh, Fabinho, Thiago, definitely. Um, I'm gonna go Henderson. I think Klopp will go Henderson. I, I think that that eight is, I'd say, like ninety five percent sure. Yeah. Um, the front three is about five percent sure because it could be anyone. What mm. I think he'll do, I've been telling myself all week that I think he's gonna go Mane, Salah, Firmino. I'd love, I'd love to see Diaz start. If I'm going to be honest with you, I think what he can bring to the team. City aren't great with dealing with the counter attack. His pace could result hugely on the counter attack. I think he's exactly what we need. But the arguments there for Fabian, for, for Bobby, sorry, in the is exactly what we need as well with this the possession that City have on the ball and his presses per ninety is huge. Uh, I'd like to see, if it was my team uh, right now, I think I would go Mane, Salah, Diaz, but I have a strong feeling Klopp will go for me, no Salah, Mane. If Diaz was playing, he'd be up against Carl Walker, right? Yeah, yeah. That to me sounds, yeah, that sounds good in my head. Obviously, Walker's (laughs) got the pace, but yeah, no, all Walker's got is pace. I don't necessarily think he's a great defender. I think... Diaz could have him on toast, to be fair, with his, you know, his, his ability on the ball and all of that. But I agree. I think he's going to go Mane, Firmino, Salah. Um, it's good to have different opinions. And obviously, like you said, Jamie, this is the beauty of squad depth. Like, nobody no, has a, a clue. Exactly, Dylan. And you uh, no complaints from me. Like, I saw people say, if, if it's not this, then I'm going to have a Klopp agenda. Like, just what? trust whatever team Klopp puts out. Said, what? You should trust it. It, it can't be a bad team with the options we've got now. Whatever team he puts out is going to be a good team and good enough to go there and win. Um, and if it doesn't work out, we can just sub out, sub in whoever exactly whoever we need on. Like Jot, like none of us mentioned Jota in our front three, and he's our that's best crazy. goal scorer right now. Yeah. Like that's absolutely crazy that we're all saying that. So um, yeah, we go on Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. And just any final thoughts, really? I mean, I'll I'll start by saying whatever does happen on Sunday, right, if worst case scenario we lose, it's not the end. Like, of course, the title is significantly harder to win. I get that. I've said, Dylan said, and Jamie said that this is the title decider. But what happened when 
we when Leicester scored that goal, uh, when sorry, when company scored that goal against Leicester, everyone melted down the week after we went to Barcelona and beat them 4 0, or they came to the sorry after. and we beat them 4 0. The day after, was it the yeah. very next day? Yeah, tw- less than 24 hours, right? <laughs> there we go. Then in my head, it was a few days. I, I don't know why I thought that, but the, the very that? next day, we beat Barca 4 0. So I think that's a valuable lesson. Whereas, you know, if it does not go our way on Sunday, let's not melt down. There's still a Champions League, which I'm knocking on wood. I'm 100% certain we are in the semi-final. I'm, I can, you know, put all my money on it. <laughs> we are there. Um, so that could be not on a plate, but we've got a very good chance now, especially if Villarreal beat Bayern Munich. What a result that would be for us. So what I'm trying to say is if it doesn't go our way, which let's hope it does, I don't want to see meltdowns. I don't want to see people crying about it. It is what it is. There's other things that we're going for. And Virgil actually said, um, it was in his press conference to to Benfica, he said, oh, well, if it doesn't go our way this season, we just go again next season. And I know that's such an easy thing to say, but it is so true. Like We've learned under Klopp that when this team doesn't get it the first time, they come back and they get it the second time. Every time it's happened, the league, we didn't do it um, in 18-19, we did it. Champions League, we didn't do it in 17-18. In 18-19, we did it. Both times it's happened. So, boys, any final thoughts? Jamie, coming to you first, mate. You know, yeah, just finish us off, bro. Tell us how you're feeling. Oh, it, yeah, it, it, it's tough feelings right now, but these are the feelings that you have to cherish as well. Although they're awful in the moment, you look back and if it goes right, it's it's magical. It's the best feeling in the world. So, And that's what we're here for. That's what Klopp is here for. You know, doubters into believers. And we have to believe we can go there and, and get get three points on Sunday, which we definitely we definitely can. Uh, but you, like you said, if we don't, and we give it we give it our all, which I'm sure these boys will do, you know, maybe you just got to put your hands up and say we were beaten by the better team. And if they go to win the league, fair play. You know, they, they've smacked, they've splashed so much cash on it. Hmm. They probably should should do it with the money, but. Look, this is what we're here to do. We've, we've done it so many times and we've done it the hard way. And there's no harder way at the minute than going to the Etihad and getting three points. So let's take it in our stride. It's, I think you've got to use up a lot of nervous energy because you do have to kind of look forward to Sunday. We're in possibly a Premier League final, if you say it like that. It's, it really is for me. I think whoever wins it goes on to win the league. So let, let's just cherish it. And hope we win. Be grateful we're in the moment as well. If it doesn't mm. go our way, we've still got two more to go. Yeah, Dylan, any final thoughts, mate, from you? Uh, this game is, I'd say, the third most important of the crop era. The first was Spurs in the Champions League final, which we won. And the second one was Middlesbrough in uh, 2017, when we had to win to get to the Champions League. So I'd say this is third. And both uh, both times, first and second, we both uh, won them. So this team delivers when we do need them most and uh, in uh, in big games. So I think something special is going to happen on Sunday. I just, hmm. I just have this feeling. Um, some things are just written in the stars. This is this just feels like a complete reverse of the last time we won the um, title fight with Manchester City. So I believe we're going to win. Yeah, absolutely. And look, we're all, I wouldn't say confident, I don't think that's the right word, but 
we're, we're all pretty sure our team's going to give it a go. And regardless, we, it's going to be a classic. Like exactly, we can uh, we can gar- guarantee that it's going to be a classic Premier League game that's going to be looked upon like for the next 20, 30 years. Mm-hmm. And we all know how good our team is. We know that we can trust them in these big games. So let's just get behind them, support them. If you're watching at home, if you're going to the game, however you're doing it. You know, they need our support now more than ever. And guys, it's been an absolute pleasure being on with you. Hopefully next time we're on, we're going to be talking about how Liverpool are top of the league with, what, seven games to go. Um, Hopefully, man. I'm going to be talking about Man City again. Yeah, or we could be talking about the opposite. But let's not try to be negative. Let's get behind the boys. Hope that we get the job done at the Etihad on Sunday. And um, yeah, guys, thank you for listening. If you haven't already, please make sure you're following us on Spotify and share this with your mates you know share it around if you think somebody would enjoy it and um, yeah we'll catch you next time on the podcast take care sports social podcast network